Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to episode two of the Full Throttle Bikes podcast and its second series here on the Eurosport website, on iTunes and on Spotify. I'm Greg Haynes. Well, now that the dust has settled on a quite remarkable opening weekend of the World Superbike Championship in Australia, what actually led to Alvaro Bautista and the new V4 engine Ducati taking him to victory in not one, not two, but three races at the incredible Phillip Island circuit? Well, enough from me, because on Sunday night, I was in the paddock at Phillip Island and caught up with Messrs Whittam and Hiscott of Eurosport fame, along with another few paddock personalities, to think about why it actually happened, how it's affected the rest of the field, and has it already started some panic amongst the other teams? Well, there's a long way to go in the season, but here's our thoughts after the first round of the World Superbike Championship, recorded in Australia on Sunday evening. Hello everyone, welcome to the Phillip Island Paddock. It's a bit breezy down here, but it's a glorious, glorious evening. It's 20 to five after the races. We've had some Aussie superbikes on track, some 300 battles as well. But of course, a sensational start to the weekend for the World Superbike Championship. Greg Haynes with you, James Whittam is here as well. And James, I mean, I don't really know what to say. I'm almost speechless after what Avra Bautista's managed to do. Yeah, there's not a lot to say about that. Uh, really, really impressive for lots and lots of reasons. We always come to Phillip Island. It's got a very abrasive circuit and the shape of the circuit is such that uh, nobody can make a rear tyre last when they've got 240 brake horsepower. That's been the same forever, as long as I can remember. And that's every manufacturer. We're on Pirelli's now, but Dunlop and Mixlin have been the same. Alvaro Batista's come here with a brand new bike and uh, got a setting that has allowed him to make a tyre last at a second quicker than everybody else has been going. It has been spectacular. That said, he likes it here. He was racing here only three months ago at the Grand Prix. That's more recently than anybody else on track. And he loves the place. So maybe this is uh, the place where he was going to do best anyway. However, the way he did it, the way he destroyed the opposition in all three races, does not bode well for them the rest of the season. It doesn't really, does it? Should we try and have a walk while we're talking and find yeah. somewhere shady to sit down? Because we're sitting there, uh, standing, sorry, in the very, very hot Aussie sunshine. Luckily, we haven't caught the sun this weekend, have we? Uh, a little bit. I've caught the sun about as much as I want it to do. I don't start putting any Factor 50 on until I've got at least uh, a little bit pink. I wish I had. Yeah, yeah, no, you needed it from the word go, you did, lad. <laughs> it all went wrong for me on Thursday. I really, really frazzled myself. Right, where should we go? Should we just sit down somewhere or do you want to stand in the shade? What do you reckon, Whitham? Well, what? We're just by the motel action box. We're at the steps by the media centre. So we can just stand here if you want, can't we? Yep. 
Nice breeze. If anyone comes past, we can always grab them. Right, so yeah, Bautista, you were giving everyone rankings when we were on air on Eurosport 1 earlier on today, and it's got to be a 10 out of 10 for Bautista. I mean, what about Ducati, though, as an actual manufacturer? It's not just Bautista who's come here, but the Ducati itself is a completely new bike. Yeah, you must take your uh, hat off to the Ducati boys. You've got a brand new bike, and this isn't some kind of development where some of their data from the last few years with the V-Twin is going to be relevant. None of it's relevant. It's a brand new bike, V4, different power characteristics, different weight distribution. It's a different CC. Instead of 1,200, it's a four-cylinder, so it's a 1,000 CC. Uh, absolutely incredible. The thing's straight out of the box, and it's been competitive. What I will say is it's been competitive with, uh, and it's won with Bautista on it. None of the others seem to do that well yeah. they were you know uh, Chas Davis bless him a uh, little bit injured uh, missed a little bit of track time pre-season you can't do that with a new bike uh, and he struggled a little bit although uh, race two of the weekend actually race three the second long race yeah. he did a little bit better coming back in uh, in seventh place but um, yeah it's difficult to get past thinking about anybody except Alvaro Bautista it's been that dominant of a performance yeah I know it's quite unbelievable actually that Chas Davies has struggled how he has but we don't want to be too harsh on him obviously and, and but it is I mean we're surprised aren't we by by what happened there but he has had a very difficult winter and he's not had time to adapt to the bike as Bautista has I guess yeah and his back's still a, a little bit sore um, so I mean there's no there's no doubt uh, that Chas Davies has the talent uh, some bikes suit some riders and some don't maybe it's going to be a case of that I don't think so I think that Chaz is going to get to grips with a new V4 um, and I think he's going to be somewhere near uh, when we get to some more traditional kind of uh, when I say traditional kind of circuits this is a traditional circuit for, for World Superbike everybody's raced here it's been on the calendar since pretty much the beginning it's the most used World Superbike circuit we've got um, yeah, yeah. but in terms of what the layout's like and what the surface is like this is a little bit different of a place. Uh, last year we saw Melandri win on the on the V-Twin Panigale, both races, and uh, he didn't win again the rest of the season. So maybe we're going to see a little bit of that effect. Um, we'll see. That's true. They've won five races in a row now here, Ducati, haven't they? Two on a V-Twin and three on a V4. Although, of course, technically it's four races because that sprint race doesn't count towards the stats. What did you make of that sprint race, the Tiso Super Pole race? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a good idea, but it's a bit odd the way we've got to describe it because it doesn't really count as a race, but then it counts for pretty much half points, 12 points for the winner. So uh, it's a strange one. Um, some of the riders liked it. I think most of them did. It's another opportunity in the weekend or another, uh, another time in the weekend. They've got to get really nervous about things and uh, things can go wrong. And, you know, if you fell off in the, in the sprint, race or the Super Bowl race as they call calling it um, then you won't be too happy because you'd probably have to miss uh, race two the, the longer, yeah. the second of the longer races because there's not a lot of time in between to fix anything up uh, that said it seemed exciting and uh, we really enjoyed commentating on it Thanks for all the tweets, by the way, everyone, over the weekend. It's been quite good, hasn't it? Jim Witt 69 and Greg Haynes TV. Uh, the latest one I've just received a few minutes ago from Smith. Uh, we talked about this last year in BSB. What's the rules if someone is going for an overtake on someone who has a leg dangling and they connect, they contact, who would actually be at fault there? Uh, I don't really know, to be quite honest. It, it hasn't happened yet. We've had a, a couple of yeah. near misses. Uh, actually, there's not that many people in World Superbike uh, actively kind of dangling legs. The most uh, notable one is, obviously, Leon Aslam. He sticks his leg out as far as he can. He reckons it helps. Who am I to argue with that? Um, it does take up a little bit more room, obviously, than just a bike on its own with somebody sat on it with the legs tucked in. 
Uh, but I don't know. I think we'd have to see. I don't even know whether there is a ruling on that. There's rulings on most things in most aspects of racing, but I've not read anything or heard anything where there is some kind of ruling on it. BSB put something out last year, didn't they, after we had that near miss at Cadwell Park between Haslam and Jake Dixon. But yeah, I think you're right. There's nothing particular in the actual sporting regulations. Certainly they're all here about that. No, um, they have got a, a panel of stewards. Um, led by Jerry Bryce, if there is an incident on track, they get to watch it again and again and again as many times as they need uh, on the footage and decide whose fault it is and what penalty should be applied, if any. Uh, so, yeah, if, if it happens, we're going to see it, aren't we? What about Kawasaki then? Jonathan Ray, I thought that was a pretty good weekend. In fact, a very good weekend from Jonathan Ray. He's picked up three second places. And bearing in mind that Ducati's been unbeatable, it's pretty much as good as a victory. Three of them, actually. Yeah, he came here, uh, or uh, as the season ended last year, looking forward to this season, he would have known that Phillip Island wasn't his strongest circuit. Once he got testing and once he saw how quick the Ducati was and how quick, especially Alvaro Batista was, mm. and knowing that Batista's raced here, not too long ago, and he was quick then, he led a Grand Prix after all, a uh, MotoGP, uh, he, he would have been thinking, right, this is going to be a damage limitation exercise. In fact, he used that phrase to describe it. Um, and in that respect, he's done a good job. Three second places, comes away in the championship second. Um, so yeah, job done as far as he's concerned. I, I do believe it will be a little bit of a worry to him to have seen Batista as dominant as he has been. Yeah. I don't think he would have expected that yeah. but certainly expected to be on the back foot a little bit at this meeting. Although interesting then, we're literally just here after the two races today. When we look back through the results for the first race on Saturday, um, the others were actually quite a lot slower than they were last year, weren't they? Batista's race time was only a couple of seconds quicker than Melandri last year when he was you know, up there with Sykes and Ray. So the others seemed a bit slower yesterday. Yeah, they did. Uh, I think everybody knew they had to conserve the tyre. I think people had given up on trying to stay with Bautista because yeah. I think everybody else in the field, if they, they knew that if they had tried to stay with uh, Alvaro Bautista, uh, they were going to be just burning the tyre up in about 10, 12 laps and then dropping backwards like a stone. Uh, so I think people were being a little bit circumspect on how much grip they, they had balanced with how um, long they had to make their tyre last 22 laps is a long way around here um, so for them the speed of the races or the time of the race is almost irrelevant you know they, it was more about who you were with at the time and who saved the tyre the best uh, to get the result after all it's the result across the line that gives you your points for the championship not your time across the line for the whole race so but it was a bit of a shock I was shocked that Batista wasn't quicker than just under two seconds uh, faster than Melandri was last year so yeah but race times are a little bit kind of subjective because uh, in actual fact you know, you get different grip levels, different weather conditions. Even uh, Philip Iron, one, one thing we we don't talk about enough is the wind. It always comes from one of two directions. It comes from the south, right in the face, as you're going down the start and finish straight, or it comes from the north. It never comes from anywhere else in between, and it makes a massive difference. You've got a northerly, uh, it pushes you down the start and finish into turn one. You've got a different breaking points, same into the airpin when you're going back into it, and vice versa when it's a southerly. So, um, yeah, I'm not putting too much store in race times, uh, but you can't get beyond the fact that uh, Bautista was uh, pretty impressive there. I've just realised I forgot to say a funny story in commentary, so we'll put it in the podcast instead. And I've been reminded because Ian Wheeler, the Yamaha press officer, has just walked past us. Ian, Les Pearson and the widening of the garage door, just tell us about that. 
Yeah, Jamie was very uh, very kind to mention him yesterday in commentary, saying Les is one of the, the best crew chiefs in the business. And uh, one of Les's friends uh, sent him the clip of Jamie saying that. And we had to uh, take the back door off the pit box to get his head through it this morning. Head <laughs> of warm-up. Uh, uh, so I, actually, I knew that was going to be a little bit the case because even before we left the restaurant last night, he must have seen it uh, because I was sat across from Charlie and Charlie got a message from Les saying, yeah. Do you, can I have uh, Whittam's number? Uh, Charlie passed it across and then within about 10 seconds, I got a lovely gushing. Uh, it must be good with the ladies because I nearly fell for it myself. I quite fancied myself after I got all these nice words through and he said, oh, thank you. And uh, Yeah, so, uh, but Les is good. It's been a while since uh, we've known him. It's um, uh, we first saw him in the paddock with Chris Walker a lot of years ago. So, and it, for me, it's really good to see uh, there's still a, a good smatter in the Brits in the paddock, both in the press room and, and photographers, and, and and in the in the garages as well. Yeah, Les just needs to learn to be sort of a, a little bit more. Uh should we say quiet about what goes on because he actually he sent me a message saying have you got Jim Witt's number and I said oh I'll have to get it off Charlie what do you want it for and he told me the story you know, like, <laughs> he just kept his mouth shut now nah, you've got to keep your powder dry in this paddock talking of Charlie he's just joined us as well Charles what, what, what is this story I don't know anything about this well it doesn't surprise me at all Charlie I mean your research has been slightly lacking <laughs> since I came back to this series <laughs> people in glass houses here <laughs> got to talk about Charlie <laughs> <laughs> How's it been, Charlie? Good grid walks. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's been a really good weekend, actually, hasn't it? I love having three races, I have to say. That is fantastic. Getting up on the morning on a Saturday, Sunday morning and having three races. <laughs> That's great. It's been, been a really good week. Well, I'm really going to throw one in the mix here. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the three races. However, do you not think that we would be better having the sprint race Saturday afternoon than having a proper two-race, long-race Sunday? Yeah, but I don't like splitting hairs. Go on, split a few. Well, no, yeah, I agree with you. It would be much nicer. It'd be, but the Dawn are never going to do that because they don't want to copy BSB format, even though it works really, really well. So they're never going to do that. So I, I think it's good that we've got a really packed Sunday, a bit of racing on Saturday, decent two pole session. I love the 25-minute session as well, much better than any other. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, 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 that works really well for me, I've got to say. You know, I think um, there's a new boss at Dorna. Um, Mark and I think he's straightening things out and he's making good progress. I think I think the team are going to be well organised. Yeah, and uh, suddenly the sun went, <laughs> and and Gordo has appeared. And you, drink, standing going wobble, wobble, wobble on the top. Gordon Rich is one of the most experienced journalists in the paddock. So welcome to the podcast, Gordon. Come in. You didn't know that, did you? No, no, no. We're going to have to. Millions listen. And um, what do you think of the three races, just very quickly, because you've been around a long time. It's a Eurosport podcast. <laughs> oh, he's got a bit shy. You like the three races, don't you? He does. He loves the three races by the looks of it. Whittam's doing photos with fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, where were we anyway? Uh, we, we, we were taking uh, Mick out of Gordo, really. Gordo is a larger gentleman I've known for a long time. He was a bike journalist, rider and writer for a couple of magazines I've been involved with going back maybe 30 years. And... Uh, he was never far. He was never far from a front end crash, wasn't Gordo? In the meantime, there's a book exchange going on here between. Uh, what's this? The uh, World Superbike Book Club. World Superbike Book Club. Yeah. 
So, what uh, there's been a swap. I read a book called uh, The Tattooist of Auschwitz on the way out. It was really good, really enjoyed it. And I was telling Charlie, and he has swapped me. Uh, so, I've got something to read on the way home. The one he wrote, uh, read on his way out. And this is called The Soldier Who Came Back. So, looking forward to that. Cheers, Charlie. Lovely stuff. All right, we better get back to bikes. Um, have we mentioned Indonesia yet? We haven't mentioned Indonesia yet, well, no. Because, well, well, we have in the well, commentary. Well, I mean, how, could you, how have you not mentioned Indonesia? Because you've got Jim Witt and Sudi here, right? We did. His World Superbike win came in Central 1994. We did. And you haven't mentioned it, can't we? Did. We mentioned it in the programme very briefly, didn't we, earlier, to be fair. But while Ian's here, let's talk about the... You've won a prize, Ian. <laughs> While he's here, let's talk about the Yamaha performance this weekend. What did you make of Yamaha? Uh, Yamaha, uh, kind of a, a, the, the interesting thing about the Yamaha uh, performance was the fact that there's two teams now, GMT 94 and Pata. GRT and, um, and Pata. Yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. Uh, and uh, the G, uh, sorry, Pata is seen as the reference team, but they're both factory bikes. Yeah. Uh, so all four bikes are factory, and it's been brilliant to see the kind of scrap between them. And it's been good, and the bike's good. They're not too far off with it. And the quality of the press releases? Uh, the best. They, they really are, aren't they? Uh, Ian Wheeler, of course, writes those press releases. So, yeah, it's been all right, hasn't it, Ian? Interesting. I have to say, I'm really looking forward to the scrap between your four riders this year, and it's been quite equal here. Yeah, it has been equal, and I think it's an important, you know, sort of fact to point out. You know, you've got Michael Van der Mark and Alex Lowe's, who you know have experience of this bike. You know, they've they've come by on this bike and have a lot of experience of it. And then on the other side, you've got Sandro Cortese stepping up for Superbike for the first time. Marco coming back to Yamaha for the first time since 2011, so effectively rookies on this bike, and yet they've both been competitive this weekend. So. It sort of shows that the bike's competitive, not just for those with the experience of it, mm. but for riders coming up and riding the bike for the first time, which for GRT, who are there really to, as, as a rider development team, if you like, is the, the strategy for them in the future, is an ideal situation. Couldn't agree more, actually, and a really impressive performance all weekend from uh, Sandro Cortese because he's a proper rookie to the class and this isn't an easy class to get into. However, we did say that when it was announced that Cortese wouldn't be swapping to Superbikes, if anybody can crack it, he can, because he's a yeah, clever lad. And you've got to think about this job. This isn't like it used to be, you know, 25 years ago, just to case of jumping on a decent bike and you could put it on the rostrum that's impossible these days hardly ever makes mistakes either does he never gets hurt i think he's only misses it one race he's missed in his whole you career never, one thing you learn you never ever say that that's a bad thing to say <laughs> not based on history ian's off ian thank you very much but uh yeah okay fair enough we'll move on quickly from that because you're right uh hrc honda honda racing corporation back in the paddock uh, the big question was, I suppose, over the winter is why now? You know, why have they decided to come back in now? I know we talked about this a bit in commentary. I don't quite know the answer, do you? God, they need to be. They need to be. Oh, he's gone glad they are, yeah. Yeah, they, 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 uh, their job is selling motorbikes, and they, 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 the blade has never looked competitive for a few years. It needs to do. I think it can do. I think if the effort goes in, I think they can uh, They can do a good job. And I certainly hope so, because we're all likely on Camier. He's, he's, he's riding his little spuds off, so... Um, We'll see. Yeah, I really do hope they can turn it around. It's getting quite windy down here. We'll go for about half an hour, James. We've got about 10 minutes to go. Um, BMW, Sykesy, you know him well. Uh, I don't know what happened to Sykes in that last race. Tyre, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the, the, the problem Sykes has got in that last race was he got beaten up a little bit. And the reason for that is the fact they're in a virtually standard engine. Mm. Think of that, a standard engine. 
Right. Why is that then? Why the, Why would they do that? Because it's because they haven't really had a lot of time to develop the bike. They don't want to tune the thing to death and have it blowing up everywhere. BMW would rather uh, incrementally make that bike quicker and competitive speed-wise <clears throat> and yet still retaining their pretty much 100% reliability uh, record. So to do that, they started with an engine that's fairly stock, about 103, 104 brake horse, and that's a stock bike. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the good news is... Uh, that Sykes, he loves the, the, the handling of the bike. The electronics work really well. He hasn't complained about them all weekend. Uh, so it all bodes well. And if uh, Sykes, he can stay happy and get more power, he's going to be somewhere near. I think uh, I think he'll surprise a few people this year, Sykes. We missed him before when we were talking about Kawasaki, but Leon Haslam, he's had a solid weekend. It's a shame he went down in the first race because he lost some good points there. But two podiums in the sprint race and then the last race. It's mega for Leon. I'm really mm. pleased for him. Honestly, uh, you didn't really know where to put him. He's come from BSB. He had a dominant year in BSB, uh, but you didn't really expect him coming and doing what he's done this weekend. It's absolutely brilliant for him. He does love it here. Wow, super sport then. That pit stop race. What happened with Caracasulo? Uh, Caracasulo was a little bit unlucky, really. Uh, the big thing is, they, they, well, they came, if you, if you didn't see what happened, uh, there was a forced, if you like, uh, a compulsive pit stop because uh, Pirelli were worried about the rear tyre lasting. Uh, so they uh, said only 10 laps were allowed on each rear tyre. That meant that you had to have a pit stop. Um, everybody came in. You could come in from the end of lap six to lap 10 because mm. otherwise you'd have gone over at one end or the other with your 10 laps allowable on each rear. Um, he was in the mix. He was right up there leading at one point with his teammate Krumanaka. When they came in, they came in at different times. Krumanaka came in first, had a perfect pitch up, just changed the rear tyre, as did uh, Clazel. They went out together. Caracasulo inherited the lead at that point because he didn't come in for another two laps. When he did come in, yeah. he decided or had decided they were going to put a front and a rear tyre in that and the front wheel is a lot more difficult to change. You've got a lot more going on uh, because you've got two discs. It's a, a little bit tighter getting the discs into the wheel and the pads can push back, etc., etc. Uh, so they took their all, just about all of their um, pit lane um, time to get that done. And when he set off, the rear stand was still stuck and he kind of panicked a bit and kept mm. going, stopped. The mechanic had to run, dash down pit lane, get the stand off. And that meant he went out perhaps, nah, I don't know, maybe six, seven seconds late. Uh, and that cost him the race. He, he uh, managed to maintain third position. There was lots of people went out early, uh, earlier than the time they should have done because they've got a set time of a minute and 18 seconds. Yeah. A few people People sneaked out eagerly, uh, and uh, what happens in that case is the time they sneak. So if you uh, go out a second early, times by five and put on your race results. So it made it a bit quite confusing. simple. That yeah, it made it, it. It's not when you're watching a timing screen because we didn't. Where the rider is on track is not necessarily where he is in the race. It only yeah. corrects at the end. So yeah. we had to get and, and you know maths in our strong point anyway. Uh, so it made us look a bit silly, didn't it? Um, but it was a good race. Uh, I don't think that'll happen again anywhere else. Uh, Caracasulo still my tip for the championship. My heart says Clazel. My head says Caracasulo. Brax is here as well. Mark Brax, we're just doing the Eurosport podcast. Braxy, happy birthday again for Thursday. You've been Thanks. doing all the pit lane reporting and circuit yeah. commentary. Have you enjoyed it? Oh, I loved it, mate. <laughs> loved it, loved it, it's, mate. It's a, it's a great event. I think they've gone to another, they've added another element with that sprint race. Yeah. Um, I reckon every lap record will be broken this year because they don't have to worry about tyre conservation. They can go and do it. Yeah. Uh, we all knew from testing that Alvaro was going to be the one to beat. We didn't realise it was going to be that dominating that he would. Just what we've said. Yeah. Exactly. You know, incredible. It is, and it's um, it's. 
anybody that discounts a MotoGP rider coming back to this, when you look at Biaggi and you look at Checker and you look at those guys that have come back and kicked from... their pedal, yeah. yeah. exactly. And anybody that writes them off, Johnny Ray knows he's going to have a big battle to try and hang, hang on to that number yeah. one plate. Yeah. Um, every fight in the second race, wasn't it, in the sprint race? Yeah, well, between him and Leon, they've been, they've been teammates for yeah. a number of years in different yeah. teams, so yeah. they know each other. They can race hard and clean, yeah. unlike some in the Aussie Superbike Championship. But... Um, the brilliant race. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah. Rubbin's racing, mate. I'll get onto that in a minute. But um, now I think, um, you know, Gregorio Lavilla, um, all the David in there with um, Dorna, they've had to come up with something. And I think they've answered people's criticism about the fact of having only yeah. two championships. They're coming up with something that's trying to get people through the gate in this production based championship. And you've got the super sport. Um, like Jamie said, you're not going to see that anywhere else in the world with that. Um, the flag to flag, yeah. even though Pirelli's pushing for it. They want to, you know, Giorgio Barberi on last Tuesday, they'd like to see a flag to flag in Superbikes and Supersport. Yeah, but, but I think the, the reason it happens at this circuit is because of a specific need at this circuit. But, I've got to ask you this, Jamie. After years and years of coming here, how Why come they cannot on? build a tyre to suit? You know, they come up every year. I, every Monday I go and see Giorgio and say, what new solutions you have this year? Yeah. And they come up with new solutions. And the other thing they do that screws them in the head is the fact they give them a new bag on the Friday to try after they've set their bikes up for the two the tyres that they've got on Monday and Tuesday. In the test. And yeah. what you like the look on? I've never like the contrast of Johnny Ray coming in after that first session when I was standing there in pit lane and he was punching the air. He'd give his team a big hug. He found what he wanted. He did those laps all in the 31s. He knew what his race pace was. Then he goes out in the afternoon with a new tyre, comes back and gets off the bike and goes like, what didn't the work. hell have you done yeah, to my old, bike? said it didn't work. Yeah. The, the fact is, I mean, I'll put a little caveat on there because... It's, they're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't. If they, they could easily bring a tyre here, that works, and you're two seconds off the pace. But then what's going to happen? Well, I suppose... Everybody's got complaining. Yeah, but mm. for a spectacle, when you're trying to put on a show, lap records don't matter. But then we saw this morning, when they didn't have to worry about tyre conservation, the lap record got broken 17 times in 10 laps. Um, uh, uh, sorry, so I'll, I'll have three short races then. That's, an, that's Well, that's what they'd like, but or the lot the tyre companies are like, but you've got to have that durability and then you've got to have that race craft to know that you've got to conserve your tyres. All right, here's this one. Uh, apparently the only people who's ever had tyre problems at Phillip Island. No. There you go. Yeah. Well, Dunlop haven't. Well, Dunlops we see around here, but particularly I've, I've in Moto2. Dunlops that have fallen apart and as big, it's as big as yeah. the palm of your hand that's come off and hit the back of your seat yeah. and flying everywhere. Michelin's always had problems. Foggy hated coming here with Michelin's on. So they're not, and now they've got a lot more power. This is a different job. We had yeah. perhaps last time I raced here, Super Hard, perhaps 165 horsepower. Now, 240 yeah, horsepower, whatever they've got. Yeah. It, it, it's a different game. And honestly, I, I do feel for Pirelli a little bit. Um, Super Sport, on the other hand, there is no reason why they can't come here with what is essentially a street yeah, patterned tyre yeah. and just give everybody a tyre they know is going to last. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So, I've got to ask you the question. Now that the Australian Superbike's getting more television coverage and more exposure and their depth of field, is that going to get more attraction from overseas? And instead of us chasing guys to go overseas, we might get a few that want to come out of here during well, the I, season. I've, I've got to say, we've, we've watched an Aussie Championship race, and by the way, Eurosport covered that, mm -hmm. uh, that was absolutely... I won't bore you with the details because I don't want to give away what happens to the people who are going to watch it in the UK. However, 
what a cracker. Yeah. And you got it right there. The phrase you used there was depth of field. And I think that's what it's been lacking. Traditionally, the places where the good riders come from are where? UK, yeah. Australia, America. Yeah, exactly. And Australia and America have lacked depth of field. You know that if you send one of your good boys to BSB, they're going to be somewhere near the front. Yeah, yeah. But we've got 20 of them in BSB now. Yeah. Now it looks like you've got some good kids mm. coming through in And there. they're all street brawlers over yeah. there because they're used to that sort of racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here yeah. we get a thing with what happened in one particular race, people whinging and people down the back going, tell them to stop whinging, it's racing. Yeah. I'd rather be up the front crashing than it would be where I am down the back. Yeah, yeah. And I think what we've seen there, uh, it's especially from the kids, the Supersport 300 all the way through. There's some, we've got some really good talent and I had a hand with the juniors for a couple of years. I walked away from that, cause, but at least we're on the way up. Well, we'll, and, get a look. well, we'll look forward to seeing a lot of fast Aussies yeah. there. Well, and we've got a 50-year-old that's still pretty quick and Troy yeah. Bailey. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what. And how hard <laughs> does that kid still try? I, can't, yeah, I, I take my 50-year-old hat off to him, honestly. <laughs> well, his determination hasn't dropped one or no, either. he's mad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to love that. you got to love that. <laughs> yeah. James, uh, while you're here, you just obviously said goodbye to Braxton. Just a quick summary, we've only got a minute to go, but uh, what a great weekend it's been. Although I didn't really expect to be coming here and expecting, uh, and leave, sorry, with people fearing, how on earth are we going to beat Alvaro Bautista? He's won all three races. No, nah, don't worry. Um, I don't think it's going to be, uh, this isn't going to be kind of indicative of what's going to happen the whole no. season. Maybe next round, yeah. Two long yeah. straights at Bury Ram. Mm. Uh, you know, places like Aston, though, they're going to be think, different. I think we're going to see other people come back in. I don't think Jonathan <laughs> Ray's giving up yet. Um, but, yeah, it's been a good meeting. We like coming here. We like the people here. And uh, we move on. We certainly do. And don't forget to keep your eyes on Spotify and on the Eurosport website, iTunes as well for the Full Throttle podcast across the season. Thanks again from James and from me for all of your tweets on the programme to Greg Haynes TV and Jim Witt 69 across the weekend. The podcast will be back next week. We'll be back racing in Thailand, but a couple of podcasts, of course, until then. But in the meantime, stay tuned to the Eurosport player. Eurosport 1 and Eurosport 2, you might see some highlight shows from Phillip Island. What an amazing start to the World Superbike season of 2019. In the meantime, though, we're going to drive back to Melbourne now because we've got flights back to Europe tomorrow evening. So from Charlie Hiscott, from James Whittam, and from me, Greg Haynes, and everyone else here in the Phillip Island paddock, bye for now and thanks for being with us across what has been a truly unbelievable first weekend of the season. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.